Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Capitalist Spectrum. I am your host, Jason Thayer, and each week we look at issues related to Catholicism, autism, and pop culture. Today we're going to do another two-topic episode. I'm going to be doing an interview. I'm going to be reading you another one of my interviews with a fellow autistic Christian named Ali Rowan this time. And I'll be giving you the top 20 country, I mean, the top 20 metal breakdowns for the Olympics this year, and also my thoughts on some of the events. Ali Rowan is a Facebook friend of mine who lives in England, and she is also a member of my Autistic Christians group. So I'm going to be reading what she says to each question here. Number one, do you have any favorite childhood memories? What was your childhood like in general? Ali says, I suppose I'd call my childhood the time I lived half a mile from the perimeter of Heathrow Airport from newborn to 13. Happiest memories are hanging out with my dad in his workshop helping and make and mend things. We built an entire sailing dinghy together from a kit, mirror class, and he took it sailing on the Thames and North Wales where he had inherited his dad's college tucked between a mountain and the sea. I spent happy hours with my elder sister chasing sticklebacks and avoiding leeches in the canal that bordered Heathrow. I also remember the great excitement whenever Concord was parked near the perimeter fence and how lessons at primary school used to come to a halt as we kids ran to the windows to see these new jumble jets flying noisily overhead as they came into land. But best of all was when my sister and I discovered a pony club that was really inexpensive and near enough for parents to take us to learn horsecraft and riding. This was before they built the M25 through its field. Generally, I had a safe and stable childhood, but looking back, was aware that I had very few friends. Felt like I didn't belong, always serious with no emotional connection to mom at all. She was very probably autistic, but no one knew anything about the spectrum then. My parents weren't church girls at all, and I had no exposure to Christian things. But I have a memory as a three-year-old in my kitchen where mom was doing the laundry in the twin tub, feeling really happy and singing effortlessly in a language I wasn't consciously making up. Another time, there was a TV news item on the hippie march, and I remember asking mom who they were. When she asked her to answered they were doing that they were people who didn't love jesus i remember thinking i didn't want to be a hippie it seems as if god was at work in my young life how long have you been a christian 47 years growing up i had no exposure to church along although mom had enjoyed singing in the choir of a methodist chapel in newcastle before she married dad who was professed to be atheist I followed Dad's suit, and when we moved to house, into a house after my brother was born, I made friends at school with some fellow atheists and formed the Atheist Society. Really, I had no time for church things, but was subconsciously seeking something authentic to fill the sense of isolation and emptiness inside. I used to find the school's Christian Union meeting on the pretext of getting fodder to mock at the next Atheist Society meeting, but really I was searching for God. One time, they invited the youth pastor from a nearby Elam Pentecostal church to give his quite dramatic history of Jesus turning his life around and 
when he met him in prison as a violent drug addict. He was also a singer-songwriter and had brought a tape backing track in his guitar. As he sang, this was my first encounter with the anointing of God on a person's ministry as I sensed inside that God's presence had come into the school common room. I heard he was speaking the, ne the next evening at a house in town which, a mission, which ran a mission among the student bedsits. He spoke on Father's love in Christ, and that's when my shepherd found this lost sheep on December 14, 1974. Someone gave me a copy of the cross and the switchblade, so quite understandably, I was hungry to know God in that sort of powerful reality. At the next meeting, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, too. My first experience of church was the Baptist church in other Christian Christians from school attended, but keen to know there weren't just just wasn't the presence and connection with God in the same reality I'd first known. I found the disapproved of the Catholic of the charismatic experience, thinking it was dangerous satanic depiction. I mean deception. At the same time, many established churches had not welcomed the Holy Spirit either, so people were forced to leave and met together in the simplicity of their homes. Thus the house church movement has started, and a few months later I found one locally which had been growing for about seven years at the time. They had clubbed together to buy a much larger house with an extended living room that could take about 80 people out of a wide range of ages and previous denominations, but experiencing amazing utility in the spirit. Their gatherings kept as closely as possible to the form described in the New Testament where there were no priests, no pulpit, no liturgy, no formality, and mixed routine, just the family gathering to share Christ's life together. The elders did not keep the wind of the I mean, did not dominate, but sat among us, a hand lightly on the tiller to keep the wind of the Spirit full in the sails. God met with us in a rich variety of ways as people shared from the wor word or in prayer, prophecy or tongues with the interpretation of or contributed just the appropriate signature, I mean scripture and song, minister to everyone and the Lord. Question 3. What denomination are you, if any? None, really. I've kept with small fellowship groups that allow the Holy Spirit to minister through anyone as well as having some structure, but also uh, those were, which get actively involved with practical charity at home and or abroad. One fellowship I was in went toxic because the pastor had developed narcissistic personality disorder. It was very unpleasant to be spiritually abused after we raised some questions and were manipulated out of the fellowship. He also made sure we were unfairly slandered and shunned by people we had been close friends with for over 25 years, such as the control he'd secured over them. Despite the suffering, this was a time when I experienced the most intensely intimate experience of Father's love and validation. That was in 2013. We soon found a safe place in the parish church where we were married. It has five small congregations, some meeting in hired secular halls, run by a community church format which still allows the Holy Spirit space to minister Christ's life through any member of his body. But it also has a robust system of accountability when, which the toxic fellowship lacked. Although nominally Church of England, you'd absolutely not know it because of the complete formality, the informality, and temporary ordained ordinariness, and close family relationships between us all. What is your favorite biblical passage and why? Currently, it's the passage 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21, where Paul explains 
the wonders of how Jesus Christ has reconciled God to the whole world. When you really understand this passage, the glory is that there is nothing else required to reconcile us to God. He completely accepts us and the whole world in Christ, even with our imperfections. They're all already forgiven and covered with Christ's righteousness. Christ has settled everything between God and every single person in the world, no matter what or who they are, unless they callously determine to practice evil and suppress truth and love. The Father invites all to come home, not as groveling servants perpetually ashamed of themselves and feeling condemned, but into full sonship. But he does invite us to reconcile ourselves with God by works that demonstrate repentance from self-centeredness. This is best demonstrated that we also got reconciled to our fellows by practicing love, which is God's one command to all people to love others in the same humble, non-discriminatory way by which he loves us all. His Spirit is within teaching us to love. Our judgment will be on how well we follow conscience to do that. Christianity, for me, is simplified to these two things. Know God is of love within and do love others. Who is your favorite biblical figure besides Jesus? Why? To some extent, because of my research, it is Paul, but not the apostle who has been misjudged as misogynist by the later understanding of his letters. I almost feel like an indignation to exonerate this fiery yet humble self-sacrificing servant who completely and bravely gave every ounce of his energy devotion in devotion to his Savior. Paul was wise and strong against those who were damaging the church, yet still appealed to them to get right with God rather than be condemned. He was always he was also always humble, gentle, and encouraging to the struggler. What do you think is the hardest thing about being autistic and Christian? My understanding of Christianity is far less legalistic and demanding of a given ideal of behavior than what I have termed churchianity. For the loyal and authentic autistic waiting to please, we don't often have that intuitive sensitivity and social skill to be loving in a sort of pastoral connected way, yet in many churches there is subliminal pressure to be that. In other words, there is an obscene pressure to go out and witness the strangers. Ugh. It just results in failure, shaming, and condemnation. I know I had years of struggling under various false church expectations when I didn't know I was autistic. I just found I was inadvertently helping people socially and not understanding how or why. Neither did the Holy Spirit help as I was led to believe he was supposed to. But in the last 15 years or so, having started exploring and accepting my autism and also after I encountered Father's amazing personal affirming love, I find the pressure of completely towards God. I mean, is off completely towards God. But I'm having to learn strategies to mitigate the damage I do, especially to my long-suffering hubby, because all of us are under instruction to respectfully love each other. Some masking for the sake of others is therefore necessary. My congregation has several autistics happily serving in many different ways, and there's generally a great understanding and acceptance about our own challenges. All meetings are totally informal, so if anyone needs to move away or away around or away from the room for a bit, no one minds. Likewise, in the smaller midweek groups in people's homes, some of the autistics don't always catch the cue to get off their hobby horse, but no one's offended. Question 7. How do you think churches should accommodate for autistic people? Not that I was ever in one, but I often hear of others really struggling when there's repeated sermons about what biblical manhood or womanhood somehow ought to look like, but they aren't biblical. Jesus never forced anyone into a neurotypical stereotype, 
but met and accepted each individual. So those churches would accommodate autistics and everyone else if they dropped these artificial expectations. Similar in aspiration towards perfect Jesus-like stereotype can be found equally necessary and even abusive. Because there is a high prevalence of gender issues within our brain wiring, churches should also reassess issues of gender identity and not be so quick to condemn. This is especially when there has been a historical misunderstanding of what and of exactly why and who idol worshippers is using sacred homosexual sex provoked these conde those condemnatory texts. My church uses contemporary worship songs, but thankfully doesn't try to whip everyone around up like a rock concert. I should think those churches that do that would be struck with that non-autistic friendly style. But really, they ought to change to become more spiritually authentic and caring for people with auditory sensitivity. Number eight, what is your biggest problem with Christianity based on your experiences? As far as I understand it, Christianity has gotten submerged in churchianity, where the later, in my opinion, sorry, where the latter, in my opinion, from much study of the first century church and the evolution of doctrines, adds a whole load of extra religious paraphernalia and expectations that are not necessary. I do respect anyone who has been told they are necessary, and yes, many do have genuine encounters with Father's love, though what's been prescribed, however, God's desire to bless transcends all our meager understandings of his own way, why, and how. Churchianity of all shades has created an elite of privileged ministers and a codependent laity they dictate the faith to, believing their own in direct immediate access to Father and their privilege to minister edification as a member of Christ's body. This not only sets up the very Gentile structure Jesus forbade for his followers, but also invalidates the whole process of purpose of salvation so that every believer's heart becomes cleansed and acceptable temple of the indwelling Holy Spirit. He connects each person directly with Father and enables the very true sheep to hear their spirit, shepherd's voice from within. But what saddens me most is when any denominational group insists that there's only alone is the only true way and disrespects any other different different tradition. Father is far more interested in our deeds than our creeds. Okay. Number nine, what are your interests? As you may have gathered my very special interest to get to the bottom of what the first century church was really like and the problems they encountered when pseudo-apostles from a rival mystery cult brought a very different and abusive gospel. But they were also champion deceivers disguised as sheep mingling among the church households and love feasts, catching Christians unaware with a plausibly sounding heavy mix of Greek philosophy and highly, heavily allegorized Jewish scriptures. A very large part of epistolary writing makes reference to and corrects the beliefs and practices of these heretics. Yet centuries later, the original story had become obscured so that the Nicene and post-Nicene fathers misunderstood Paul's letters and reinterpreted them through their own culture's Greek philosophies to formulate what I believe is quite a different religion to the practice and tenets of the first century church. Related to my research, I am also fascinated with all ancient cultures, documents, stories, books, online articles, uncovering their archaeology, trying to unravel the mysteries and wonders from the past civilizations. This varies from pre primitive prehistoric times forward through any society and culture, but especially the ancient Near Eastern ones, plus Egypt, Thrace, Greece, etc., and the British Isles should go without saying. 
Number 10, what hobbies do you have, if any? I've inherited the love of gardening from my parents, but my real special pleasure is developing my own varieties of Cosmos flowers. The common Cosmos usually sold about have eight gently cupped flat monochrome petals in white, pink, or puce about two to three inches across, but every now and then a mutation appears. Over the last 15 years or more, I've collected the seeds from these mutations and raised new plants. There are always throwbacks to the common her ancestors, but year by year I've been honestly astounded at the appearance of utterly new varieties. I have many unusual shades from white through blush, pale pink to deepest puce. I have some deep claret red that became dusty pink as they age, others just dusty pink, as well as many bicolored in either stripes or speckled brush or with pink or red colored edges around white or red white edges around pink intersections. Others have a strong dark center for any color, but it's not any color, but also crazy petal shapes and numbers. Some are so fully doubled that they look like chrysanthemums. Others are a loose double in all shades. Some of petals turn inwards, even forming completely trumpet-shaped tubes. My latest triumph is a pale salmon-colored double trumpeter. Some are dark pink on the upper surface, and but almost white beneath, and when they are loosely double, some of the inner petals turn over, and you see the whitish undersides around the dark pink. Others have petals that are so deeply serrated that the eight became what appear to be two dozen or more daisy petals. Others are oblong or even oblong with three points at the end and two colors. I just love the annual surprises and each comes into flower with increasing complexity and interest. Despite being 61 now, I've kept myself life and fit to still play at a good level in doubles badminton twice a week. I also love walking with my hubby in our beautiful rolling Chiltern Hills and other places and playing with my daughter's corgi. Also, I enjoy painting and decorating and doing DIY jobs. I love the challenge of logical illusions, doing logical word and number of numerical Japanese puzzles of all sorts, beating hubby at Scrabble, keeping my mind active. Whether you call it a hobby or an obsession, I find a lot of my time being drawn to share my findings and experience with God and understanding, living with autism and people online, hence meeting you, an autistic Christian. There are other things I have enjoyed in the past, but I have little time for now. Playing violin and 12-string guitars, designing and sewing my own clothes, including wedding and bridesmaid dresses, and all sorts of creative paintings and drawings in origami. Do you have a husband or children? You can skip this if it's irrelevant. I met my very musical hubby, Chris Piano and Cello, in 1979 at London University, married in 1983, and had five wonderfully gifted and loving children between 1985 and 2000. Chris is also on the spectrum with a formal diagnosis since 2018, so is our musically and artistic youngest, Rain, in 2012. My first, Mark, now, now running his own IT company in Zurich, and second, Fiona, head of a biotech lab in London, are both very high-functioning with some traits, but probably not enough with poor diagnosis. The next two daughters are bright, but definitely neurotypical and a lot more social. Yet we all get each other and love each other very well. No grandchildren yet. Number 12, what is your job? If you retire, what jobs have you had? I'm a BSc in chemistry, so work from 1981 in an R&D lab of pharmaceutical company 
before they were bought out and redundancies made. I have married while working there, but stopped career work to raise my children. When they were older, I started my own pastel portrait and calligraphy business in 1997 and still having it taking over, but not, but I'm not promoting it at present. There have also been as a season of helping my church's community camp, kids camp as the artist responsible for painting that year's themed backdrop, a mere eight foot high and 40 foot, 44 foot long, but not done for profit. Um, number 13, anything you want to add? I think I'd say quite enough about me, but would like to embarrass Jason by saying how much, how very much I appreciate his gentle wisdom and fairness moderating the Facebook group where I first met him. And that's it for the interview. Coming up next, another Olympic report of the top 20 countries and the medals they've received so far. Okay, first off, here is a medal breakdown so far, and I'm only going to be sticking to the top 20 countries. China's in the lead with 29, 17, 16 for a total of 62 medals. U.S. is 22, 25, 17 for a total of 64. Japan is in third place with 17, 16, and 10, total of 33. Australia has 14, 4, and 15, also a total of 50, 33, excuse me. The Russian Olympic Committee has 50 gold medals at 12, 21, and 17. Great Britain has 11, 12, 12, with a total of 35. France, 6, 10, 7, total of 23. Germany, 6, 6, 11, also a total of 23. Korea, 6, 4, 9, 19. Netherlands, 5, 7, 6, 18. Italy, 4, 9, 15. New Zealand, 4, 3, 4. Czech Republic 431 with a total of 8. Canada 347 with a total of 14. Switzerland has 345, total of 12. Croatia 322, total of 7. Taipei 244, total of 10. Brazil 235, total of 10 as well. Cuba 233 with a total of 8. And Hungary has 2 medals for each category 2, 2, and 6. Next up, a little talk about what happened with Simone Biles this week, because I have a little thing to say about that to all you haters out there. I think it was a good idea for Simone Biles to pull out of the competition. I have never been a gymnast, but I know from watching them every Summer Olympics that it is a hard sport, a dangerous sport at that. For example, and... I know of one particular story in 1980 when a Russian gymnast named Elna Merkham had a broken leg. They did not give the broken leg time to heal, and when she did a Thomas Salto during her performance, she landed on her chin and wound up quadriplegic as a result. So these sets are very dangerous, and I can understand... Simone Biles wanting to step away if she didn't feel she could trust her body. I mean, I saw that bad landing off of the vault and I mean, off of the balance beam. And I think that was a good idea for her to pull out like she did. I do not think she quote-unquote let her country down. 
Besides, as it turns out, they didn't, I mean, they did fine without her. They didn't get the gold, but they got the silver. So let's take a look at, I mean, so I'm going to close things out with a look at the, who's won the gold so far for the United States. I tried to find who's won silver and bronze, but I'm guessing that they're waiting until the entire games are finished before they do that part. So, and this will be in alphabetical order. Valerie Allman won the Golden Discus. Stephanie Dawson, Alicia Gray, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young won the gold for their three-on-three basketball team. Lee Kiefer becomes the first woman to win the foil, I mean, to win an award, I mean, sorry, first American to win a medal in fencing in the foil final. Xander Schaffel, I think it's how you say his name, won the gold in men's stroke golf. Sonisa Lee won the women's all-around in gymnastics. Jade Carey won the women's floor in gymnastics. Vincent Hancock won the men's skeet. Amber English won the women's skeet. This is shoot. That's shooting, by the way. William Shaner won the men's 10-meter rifle. Carissa Moore won the short board. Chase Callis won the 400 individual medley. Caleb Dressel, Blake Pironi, Bowen Beater and Zach Apple won the men's 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay. Lydia Jacoby won the women's 100 meter breaststroke. Katie Ledecky won the women's 1500 meter freestyle, which I think is supposed to be a new event. Bobby Fink won the men's 80 meter freestyle. Caleb Dressel also wins another medal in the men's 100. Freestyle and 50 meter butterfly. And Katie Ledecky also wins a gold in the women's 800 meter freestyle. Ryan Murthy, Murphy, Michael Andrew, Caleb Dressel, Zach Apple, and sorry, and Zach Apple won the men's 4 by 100 Bedley relay. And I'm not sure how to say this name, but I'm going to try. Anastasia Zoletic won the women's taekwondo. So that's our current gold medal standings for the United States. I have one more week of this next week. So when that happens, I will do a breakdown of all of the countries participating instead of just the top 20 that I've been doing. And I'll also tell you what I think of the Olympics so far. So far, I'm really enjoying this. This is the most I've ever watched of the Olympics. Most of the time when we watch them, I would just watch the gymnastics and the track and field stuff but now I've caught handball some soccer I didn't watch any tennis but I did watch the badminton and the table tennis and we were doing and I saw one of our women's tennis players I mean table tennis players do pretty well um So this has been a good year for the Olympics. We're going to do one more week of this next week. So see you then. And that's our show. You can find past episodes on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. 
please rate and review this podcast and share it around. You can contact me at RadicalEdwardJWT at gmail.com and follow me on Facebook. And remember, everyone, normal is just a setting on the washing machine. We don't get to be normal. See you later.